Good morning, gasaholics. I'm Hot Rod Bob. Welcome back to another edition live, well, if you're watching it now, uh, or at 11, or it's gas. We're back. <laughs> and how are you doing today? Hey, one of the things that came up today in some of the posts on Facebook was the most influential V8 engines of all time. And without a doubt, the flathead Ford is right there on top. Now, Peg and I are part of the early Ford V8 club, and that is an engine they promote from 1932 through 1953, the last of the Ford flatheads. Now, it was not without its problems. You couldn't turn left or right very hard. It would cavitate, and you'd burn up the bearings because in the early ones, they were poured Babbitt, not inserts. It had other issues. The blocks would crack and, you know, basic things like that. they overheat. But Ford fixed those issues as time went by, and that flathead Ford is the mainstay of hot rodding, and it's the one that started the V8 performance era, but it wasn't the first V8. Now, here's where Ford fell behind Chevrolet to an extent. In 1917, Chevrolet introduced their first V8 engine. No, not the 265, and it was an original. Now, Chevrolet built their V8 engine overhead valve back in 1917. It was only in production for two years because in 1917, the brothers sold out to General Motors. Well, they didn't know they were selling out. They thought they were becoming part of the General Motors family. And Billy Durant was a sly, slick guy. He got them into the fold and after the V8 engine came out, decided, you know, Chevrolet, I want you to compete against Ford, not Buick, Oldsmobile, and the bigger companies with luxury cars. The four-cylinder became the mainstay for Chevrolet, later becoming the six-cylinder, the stove bolt six as we know it, through 1954. Chevrolet's next V8 engine came out in 1955. It was an overhead valve designed 265 cubic inches, smaller than the original V8 engine the Chevrolet brothers came out with in 1917. Now, some will say, well, that was just a limited production engine. No, it wasn't limited production. The only thing that was limited was the reach of Chevrolet back in 1917 and 1918. They did produce over 4,000 of them just in 1918 alone. But the 265 was better in design, better in technology than the first V8 as well, you can say the same thing about the Ford V8s from 1932 through 1953. The 53 had almost every problem that the Ford Flathead had developed resolved. And they keep on running still today. We even have a Flathead in Peg's 46 Ford. Of course, it's dolled up with not Ford-approved Edelbrock high-compression cylinder heads, dual 97 carburetors, headers, and, well, who knows what else is inside the engine, but we go with it as it is. And it's a fun engine. It sounds great. It's unique. It is what put Ford in the performance eye of enthusiasts, and it became the mainstay for hot rodding until the Monkey Motion Motors really took hold in the early 1950s. And Cadillac and Oldsmobile, the Kettering-designed V8 engines, started to take some of the attention away from the Ford Flathead because in stock form, they put out more horsepower 
than a modified flathead would. Of course, they were heavier. It was a little bit more technology, and they were a lot more expensive because, well, how'd you find a wrecked 50 Olds? It was tough. But Cadillac and Olds V8 engines did find their way into hot rods. Probably the most famous, Norm Grabowski's T-Bucket. Cadillac powered. Yep, he wanted the horsepower, and he got it with that. Now, Buick later came out with the nail head, but as far as popularity, well, besides Tommy Ivo, they really didn't get that much press. Tommy put the Buicks on the map, putting them in both dragsters and street rod. His street rod, along with Norm Grabowski's, became two of the hottest hot rods around, both V8-powered, both Ford-bodied. Now, as far as other V8 engines of distinction and that really set the performance stage, you've got to take your hat off to Chrysler. Chrysler had a multitude of Hemi engines. Dodge, the little red ram, DeSotos, Chryslers, various sizes and displacements, all the way through 426 cubic inches worth that got them banned from NASCAR. Yeah, that was a very popular engine, and it was a powerhouse. The 426 definitely put out the power. Hello, Javier from Puerto Rico. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Mark McGeorge, hmm, you're looking at a bunch of cars. I like that Suburban you got. But the V8 engine, still today, <clears throat> going strong, yet there were naysayers back in the late 1970s during the, the gas crunch that said the V8 engine was going to be history. Well, it's not. It's gotten bigger and better. Now, Ford still produces a potent V8 engine, the Coyote motor, twin overhead cam, five liters, the smallest V8 engine produced by a major manufacturer today. Yeah, Chevrolet, Chrysler, they're bigger engines. Ford puts out a lot of horsepower out of that 5-liter, and they get that thing working extremely well. Just try and keep up with the Mustang sometime. Oh, I know, you Dodge guys with the Hemi 6.4-liter, 6.1, 5.7-liter, supercharged. Yeah, you've got 700 plus 900 horsepower right off the showroom floor and you're blowing the doors off the Fords. What's also keeping up with the Fords quite well is the LS Series Chevrolet V8s that replace the vulnerable small block. Now, still small block in basic concept in that they're 6.2 6 liters or smaller. I had a 4.8 liter, yeah, 4.8 liter LS motor in a Silverado pickup, and the thing was great. In the big pickup, I got over 22 miles per gallon on the highway. <coughs> The Atlas Motors put out some hellacious horsepower. They're easy to work on. They're cost-effective. You find them in everything from V8 Corvettes to pickup trucks to, well, just about everything Chevrolet can, or General Motors can put an LS Series engine in, Cadillacs included. Now, the days of the individual brand V8 engines from General Motors is long gone. The Oldsmobile engines, the Pontiac engines that were powerhouse and big and huge and really torquey motors, they got left and put aside. General Motors, in their infinite wisdom, unified their V8 engines and became the corporate engine was the Chevrolet design, replacing the Oldsmobile before it died, the Pontiac, the Buick, and even the Cadillac engine. 
Yes, Cadillac had the North Star for a while, but now it's gone. And the V8 engine is the GM corporate motor, which is the LS. Now, the LS engine is very popular. It's becoming the engine swap choice for many hot rodders. And General Motors even has a kit. You can do one right from the factory with all the computer and goodies ready to go and plunk it into your car. They did a vehicle called the E-Rod, which was a 55 Chevy, that they put that engine set up in with an automatic transmission. I've got a TPI motor in our 56 Chevrolet with the injection and the computer and all the good stuff that goes along with it. 25 miles per gallon, not a problem. A lot of people thought the V8s were going to go away because of the fuel mileage, but today's V8 engines can achieve mileage that was, well, relegated to four-cylinder engines back in the 60s and 70s. Fuel injection has definitely helped all forms of engines. The current Ford single overhead or dual overhead cam four-cylinder in the Mustang puts out more horsepower today than the Shelby GT350 did in 1965 and 66. And in the new Mustang, you can actually stop, turn, have air conditioning, and ride a whole lot more comfortably than you could in an old GT350. That said, I'd still rather have the 65 or 66 GT350 in my garage. How about you? Yes, Mark talks about the Olds Aurora V8 engine. Now, even Carroll Shelby used that engine in his Series 1 Reaper or Cobras that came out in the 90s. It had Aurora motor mounted the way it's supposed to be with rear-wheel drive. Olds used it as a front-wheel drive and mounted it sideways in their cars. The Aurora engine and the Cadillac Northstar do share a lot of technology together and are very similar. But the V8 engine, it's here to stay, well, at least until our governments outlaw them, as they seem to be doing today. And that will come about in many states, such as California, and many manufacturers, such as Generous Motors and Volkswagen, will be abandoning gasoline-powered engines. Well, I won't be around long enough to see it, I don't think, but I'm going to enjoy the V8s as we have them. V8 engines, the mainstay of hot rodding. You can thank Ford for the popularity, although, again, Ford was not the first V8s on the market. He came to market after after Cadillac and Chevrolet already introduced V8 engines and many other manufacturers as well. But Ford, he made it affordable. Hmm. Something in the name, I guess. I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas, the morning edition. It's V8 day. And I'm headed to the drags. Irwindale Drag Strip tonight. See you out there. It's Thursday night under the lights at Irwindale Drag Strip. It's your place to race. Come on out. Bring your car. Have some fun. Now, guys, I know you don't like beating up your car that much. Bring out the wife's car. I certainly won't tell anyone. We'll see you there at the drags. Gas, the Great American Auto Scene. Brought to you by Craig Heidenthal and Service Tech Equipment. Valley Head Service. Irwindale Drag Strip and Irwindale Speedway. I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas, the morning edition. That is Burnham. Good morning to you. Hope you have a great day. Take care. And if you missed the live broadcast here, don't worry. It'll be back on in just a little bit in recorded form. 
and you can check it out on YouTube. Gas, the Great American Auto Scene on YouTube, part of Two Tired Guys Productions. Gas and talking about cars. We'll talk to you later. Take care.